Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, <laughs> as well as our other streaming channels. Uh, we have Miss K as K's Corner today. Um, you know, it's a little short notice, but um, it's still March, and not only is it Women's Month, we um, it's Endometriosis Month as well. And K is someone who's been an advocate. Um, speaking to people and she she actually she'll tell her story. I ain't got to be doing all that. But just know that um y'all may get her in the raw today. <laughs> so let me tell y'all, because we are a family, let me tell you what happened. I went away for the weekend. A case corner is not in the back of my mind. It's just that it comes so fast, right? A week will go by so fast. Um I'm usually working overtime on Monday. Tomorrow is the last Monday, so I'm not working off. So um, we can go back to 7 o'clock on Sundays. That's fine. Um, Sunday's my day of rest, but I will get up in case corner because I appreciate you guys that tune in every week um, to hear me talk. Um, I am a little creative. Um, you know, if you don't know my seventh book, it's called Don't Judge Me, Mama. For those of you that have lost your mother, it's no disrespect. And that don't judge people because we all go through struggles. I uh, it's March birthdays. Shout out to Mark from three to one. It was his 15 year anniversary and his birthday party. And when you know a lot of people, you leave your table, you come back. It's four drinks. Why do I have so many drinks on my table? Oh, such so, 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 a Everybody has sent me a drink, so I'm a little tipsy, but I can talk about Enda. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, where do you start? So, so, Kay, for just just for it, and, and it's gonna be kind of weird. Um, just for the person that don't know, explain to them what endo is. So, um, endometriosis is out of your body. So, the way that I can best is if you scratch your hand, right? Say you scratch your hand, you see blood or whatever, and you scratch your hand and you put a band-aid on it what is the first thing that they tell you to do in order for it to heal they tell you to what remove the what Re remove the remove the bandage and let it heal let the air heal it let the air heal it very good so we don't have air inside of our body so because i have scar tissue inside of our bodies when you don't when you're not able to heal it it continues to grow so um, what happens is your scar tissue will be on your, um, on your, um, it starts out, uh, they really don't know much. It's funny how so many people have been diagnosed with endometriosis. They don't know too much about it, but they know that it comes from the hormones in your body, right? So some type of way, uh, connected to the, 
um, the your uh, ovaries, right? And what happens is um, they believe that when you have your monthly or your menstrual, whatever word you're comfortable with, right? Um, and a lot of men are not comfortable with the word period or whatever. I don't know why. If your mother did not miss her period, you would not be here. Okay? So I don't know why you guys have home or you can't talk about it imagine you feeling disgusted at just the conversation and imagine us as women going through it right blood bleeding out of our bodies at um enormous rates so um the best way that i can explain the pain is that um a lot of women experience um period pain right so if you have i'm just going to say four lesions on your uterus, right? Four lesions, lesions of scar tissue. It's like your period times four. Because every time you bleed, those spots bleed as well. So that's where the pain comes from. And what happens is it's not a, um, it's not about uh, getting your period. Your pain doesn't only happen during your period, right? When you're ovulating, what is your body doing? Your body is is producing these hormones to produce an egg. So if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be fertilized, it's there. So you'll have pain all throughout the month. It's on, not only a period thing. And I can say somebody that we both know, I won't say any names, out of respect for my elders, um, when I was first taught, when I was the first endometriosis advocate, and we'll go into why I'm no longer an advocate, Q-Dog. Um, I'm not an advocate for endometriosis anymore. I will speak on it asked me to but um uh oh shoot what's today's date today's 21st okay thank you i'm sorry somebody just sent me something about um something i was supposed to attend i was like i thought that was next week it is okay i'm sorry um so what ends up happening is um she said to me when i became an endometriosis advocate and i'll explain to you why um, a lot of people in my family suffer from endometriosis. Endometriosis, end all, be all, is a hysterectomy. We all know as a woman, if you want to have children, you cannot have a hysterectomy. All of my aunts that had had endometriosis had hysterectomies in their I made a, a deal with my dad that I will go to school, finish college, live my life, and then have children. By that time, my endometriosis had already taken over my body. Um, and I it's stages, stage one endometriosis, stage two, stage three. I am a stage four endometriosis. So, you know, cancer has four stages. What's the worst stage of cancer? Stage four. Okay. So if I'm a stage four endometriosis, I'm at the worst stage ever, right? Um, so what happens is every three years, um, a doctor can go in do what's known as an ablation. An ablation is when they kind of take a balloon, they blow it up in there, and they kind of blow up or uh, burn off the, the existing scar tissue. But when you burn off the existing scar tissue and you're feeling better, it's still going to continue to grow back, right? So they say that you have every three months. Women with endometriosis, and I say this and I say it kindly, but a lot of women will tell you, I have endometriosis, but they've never even um gotten tested endometriosis is not something that you can see on a cat scan you have to physically have 
a surgery where they have um where they go inside and they look at you, look at your uterus. You cannot see endometriosis on a, a, a scan. So I've had women tell me a million times, like, oh yeah, I had a um I had an ultrasound, I have endometriosis, and I'm like, you don't you how do you know? You know what I mean? They have to do a laparoscopic surgery to go in and physically see that you have endometriosis. So that's what endometriosis is. The scar tissue, it continues to grow. It can grow on your ovaries, your fallopian tube, your uh, uterus, your colon. Um, some people even have endometriosis that has grown up upwards into their chest and it's on their lungs. I know so, a person that was that their death certificate says cause of death endometriosis. Wow. So, so because it's, it basically starts at the uterus, any of um well, at the ovaries so at the, at the ovaries so any natural what we consider a natural change in your body far as uh week to week basically day to day anything that goes on down there it could be a flare up just like that yes and that's what so back to my point of saying somebody that we both know that is a very important um statement that you that you just made Clinton because uh when I was really an endometriosis advocate, we'll go over why I'm not anymore. When I was an endometriosis endometriosis warrior, right? I was like, I'm a warrior, I'm an advocate, I want to whatever, I want to help people. And I was posting about it. Somebody from the Vauxhall community said to me on my post, you know I got pit bulls, right? Like how Beyonce got the beehive. I don't know what my people are called. I just call them my, my, my fam. You know what I mean? said to me, um, I'm from the old school. I'm just from a place where you don't talk about your period every day. Well, and I, as respectfully as I could, because she's old enough to be my mom, I said, well, it's three ways that you don't have to see my post, right? One is you can, um, is you can turn off my notifications, right? You don't have to get notifications. Two, you can unfriend me. I'm sorry, I'm saying one, you can unfollow me. We can still be friends, but you can unfollow me. If, if my endometriosis talking makes you that uncomfortable, unfollow me. Two, you can unfriend me. We do not have to be friends. Three, you can block me. If you block me, you do not have to worry about ever seeing me talk about endometriosis again. But because of people like you, that is why people like me suffer. Because the old school was taught not to talk about these things. And all of my aunts that had hysterectomies in their 20s, um, I would say, I won't say they ruined my life, but they did. Let's just be so, honest. So let me ask you, because because um you made this made this made this promise to your dad, champ, rest easy. Um because you made this promise to him, had you known at a younger age that that this was a hereditary thing that, that the women in your family had it prior. So people are clear. Hereditary. It is a hereditary thing. So if women in my family would have spoke on it, instead of being quiet about it, I would have made different decisions. But go ahead. Okay. Now you answered, you answered the question because yeah. I, I think that, that, that um, we always talk about how the elders sometimes tell us the stuff just to get by in life, instead of telling us like, look, you know, the women in our family at a certain age, they have to have this, the procedure done because of this 
as they would have put said, a new disease, but it's probably been around since forever. And, that, and then you, you watch um what's that show? Uh this is it, this is it, one day at a time. Yeah. I was up one night sick with endo pain and I was watching the uh 70s channel. Web channel is dope, they showed all shows. And it was 1972, and the young lady had endometriosis, and um, the, the sister. And she was getting married, and she told her husband, I probably can never have kids for you, so I don't want to marry you. And he said to her, I don't care if we can't have kids, we can adopt. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, wow. This was in 1972, and I had never heard the word endometriosis until I was, uh, until I was uh, diagnosed with it, which is weird, right? You never, Like, you don't know anything about it. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And it goes back to uh, black people. And, you know, it ties everything together, even when you did the show on, you know, people saying that, oh, you you ain't sick. You feel all right. And nobody knows, like, you know, at any given moment, a flare-up. Um, yeah, I look, you know, I look fine. They judge me how sick I am by the way that I look, which is, is lovely. <laughs> right? It's lovely. Because you don't see people with cancer, because you know that a person with cancer their hair may fall out. Um, you know, they might get thin. Um, person with liver diseases or things like that. You can physically see it. Person that has endometriosis, a person that has adenomosis, which is the opposite of endometriosis. Basically, endometriosis is on the outside of the uterus. Adenomosis is on the inside of the uterus. I'm actually diagnosed with both. Um, but I, 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 I tend to go harder about my endometriosis because now you see so many commercials for it and I try to tell people about it and I've helped women get diagnosed. I've helped so many women get diagnosed. So when the young lady, well, excuse me, when the woman said that on my post, people were texting me like, yo, you know, when I post Q, I post and I start working. I don't like, I'm not on Facebook 24 seven. So they like, yo, it's this lady on your thing. I want to get at her. So I'm like, who? So when I went up there, I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, you know, it's three options. You can, you can unfollow me, unfriend me or block me. And, um, they wanted to get at her. And so one lady said, one girl said respectfully, if Kay never talked about her endometriosis, I had never heard that word. And she ended up going and getting laparoscopic surgery and finding out that she had endometriosis. And it's, it's an emotional thing because you go to your doctor year in and year out and time in and time out. And you're like, I'm in this pain. And they're like, oh, that's normal. You know what I mean? Like, take two pampering and go play tennis. What? Like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't even move. Like, you know, I can, I can, um, you know, I play, you know, we play a lot anyway. So I always play and be like, you know, I can't have kids. And people be laughing. I'll be like, yo, we're not, we're men. We can't have kids. Now we could, we could father kids, but we can't have kids. And I know that, you know, with your endo and, you know, just so much stuff with Layla. Like, I could just imagine, like, your endo pain, not only the present pain, it probably brings back, like, yo, why did I make my father this promise? Why did I do this? I should have just had a baby at 18, 19. I could have had a baby, a deadbeat baby father. I would have been cussing them out, raising my child. But you, I don't. Okay, I'm not going to say everybody. Let's just say 97% of people would love to have a child that looks like them, acts like them. You know, you can see your ways in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure when you look at your kids like, this this child look like me or this child act like me or has my mannerisms. Yes, you can adopt. I, I really get um, 
So let me get this to people that are listening that know people that suffer from um, infertility issues. We know all of our options. Nobody needs you to say, well, you can adopt. That's one of the rudest things that you can say, especially if you have children. It's nothing like looking at your child and having a bloodline knowing that that is your child. We know we can adopt because we can go over my whole adoption journey as well. So let, let's just start with my endometriosis journey, right? Because that's this national, it's, it's, it's March. I used to ask people to wear yellow for me. Um, people would wear yellow every day. They would get their nails yellow. They would tag me and everything was Got to take the picture and tag you. They always want to call you when you when you're on live. Yes, I don't know why they're calling. Um, and then I specifically said, "Don't call me. I'm doing my podcast." They call anyway. So anyway, I um, you know, when okay, so for me, um, when you, I had a black doctor, and I thought I feel that black people always have our best interests at heart, right? Because I feel like I have your best interests at heart. You understand what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. as a black woman. I'm like, yo, I got your best interest at heart. So I was like, oh my God, I found a black OBGYN. She has my best interest at heart. And uh, every, every the first year I went, I was 23. And I was like, something is like wrong, right? Because our parents didn't, um, our parents did not, um, uh, how you say it? Um, did you ever see the inside of an emergency room when you was a kid? No. I'm like, yo, these kids today, Yo, they bumped their finger, their parents jumped and take them. I'm like, I didn't even know what the ER looked like. I didn't even know that existed. I know you better put some rubbing alcohol on it and go lay down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had a concussion, you bump your head, your parents telling you to lay down. Like, I could die, you know that, right? But now that we're older, we when you when you know better, you do better. But I went to the Vauxhall Health Clinic. I didn't go to a, I didn't have a specific doctor. Oh, so I, the first the first thing they thought you was you was being fast. And you you done did something, and you're like, no, I wasn't being fast, and I didn't yeah, do like, nothing. I mean, and my father used to say to me, we're going to go to this doctor. If ain't nothing wrong, trying to whoop your ass. <laughs> I was like, please, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, I remember, like, my knee was, like, killing me. And I'm like, Dad, my son, my knee. He was like, I swear to God, when we get in this doctor, he better diagnose you with something. Oh, I'm a beach. I was like, please, doctor. And he diagnosed me with plica. I had something called plica in the knee, which was like a fiber buildup in the knee. And that's why my knee was hurting. I was like, thanking God. I was like, I don't want to get my ass because I know I'm in pain. So with the endo, with the endo having a black doctor, I thought she had my best, my best interest at heart. And a lot of people will say, and I take full responsibility for this. I was 23 years old. I had never had a primary care physician. Right. I went to Vauxhall, uh, the Vauxhall um, Center, right, to get checked or whatever. Um, whenever I had pain, I didn't have my own doctor. This was all new to me. And so at 23, I had an OBGYN and she would do uh, her visit, her visits. And again, like I just told you, endo was not shown when you get a, a um, when you go in and you get your um, gynecological check and you get checked for everything and they go in with speculum, that's a whole thing. And they, they test your um, test you for cervical cancer and do all of these things or whatever. And you get your pap smear and all of that. When it comes back normal, they just tell you you're normal. Have a good day. We'll see you next year. And so I'm like, maybe I'm being dramatic. Cause I'm dramatic, right? I'm like, maybe, maybe the pain is not that bad. So cute. I'm talking to myself. Like maybe, cause like, what is wrong with me that I'm having this pain and everybody else can take two. Literally you ever see the 
commercials for pampering. Like take two pampering. You can go swimming. You can go. You can go play tennis. You, I could not do that. I was taking eight Advil, and I was like, I'm taking eight Advil. I don't. Something is wrong. So 23, 24, 25. 26 again still going to the same doctor i know people that are listening to this like this girl's insane again i was not used to having a primary care physician again my doctor was a black female and i thought that she was the end all be all because why would a black female not look out for me you understand what i'm saying like maybe it's me by 27 28 28 so a lot of you guys don't know when you go get your pap smear you go in Put your legs up. They take this speculum. They open your coochie up this wide. Excuse me. I don't know if I can say that. They open you up this, up this wide. They go in there. They swab around because they're looking for cervical cancer. They put it in a thing. They say, meet me in my office. You go in the office. You're like, oh, Lord, there's something wrong with me. And you go in they, and they usually say, hey, everything's good. We'll see you in a year. So this is 2008. I was 28 years old. And she was like, we'll see you in a year. And I physically... <laughs> The ministry came out of me. I physically grabbed her like this. Like I grabbed her because I couldn't, like I was like, no, no, you're not listening to me. And her eyes got all big. She had these glasses on and shit. She was like, I was like, you're not listening to me. Something is wrong with me. I am not in a normal pain. I am bleeding through my clothes at work. I've messed up chairs at work. I have one, and, and guys, please don't act like it's so gross. I have on a, uh, uh, a overnight pad and a super tampon, and by the time I get to work in the hour, I sit down in a chair, and I've bled through my clothes through the chair. This cannot be normal. Something is wrong with me. So she was like, can you let me go? And I finally let her go. Like I, like, let, like I pushed her back. Like, figure it out. Like, what are you doing? So she's like, I'm going to sit. So she's like, I'm going to send you for an ultrasound, right? She sends me for an ultrasound. I go for the ultrasound. She calls me like two days later, like, you need to come in for an emergency visit. What What? What do I need? I was like, I can't. You just told me I was all good a couple days ago. Now you're telling me to come in for an emergency visit Emer after the ultrasound. Emergency visit. So I get there, and she was like, I have, Um, she was like, you have two cysts. One cyst is the size of a grapefruit, and one cyst is the size of an orange. I was like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just said I was good. Until I grabbed you, you know what I'm saying? Everything was good. And she was like, oh, you got to go. So she was like, we need to do emergency surgery. Shout out to Verizon. I had excellent service at Verizon, but uh, I had only been there for four, three months, four months, four months about this time. You could not go out. Um, you could not have one sick day in six months or you would get fired. Sounds crazy, but we could do a whole show on Verizon, right? Sorry, guys. I'm hungry. Um, so I go to the, uh, I was like, yeah, no, I can't have surgery. She's like, I don't think you understand. I said, no, I don't think you understand. Like, it's been five years. Said, if this burst, if a cyst burst, um, it, it sends poison throughout your system, you can die. I said, I serve a mighty God. I'm not going to die. <laughs> I was like, um, I was like, and if I do, I live a good life. I was like, but if you want to get paid, don't you? If I get fired from my job, I'm going to get surgery. My six-month anniversary at Verizon was June, I'm assuming July 15th. My surgery was July 16th. 
I survived that amount of time. I was still in all this pain. Going when I had the surgery. After you have surgery, you know, a few days later, you have to go back to your doctor for a follow-up. She sits me down. She says, I have good news, bad news. I'm not one of them. I'm a straight shooter. Tell me what's going on. I don't have time for the which one do you want first. Excuse Can I say the B word? Yeah. Bitch, what's wrong with me? She was like, um, well, the good news is that I was able to remove one of your fibroids. I mean, one of your cysts. The other cyst had began had grown around your fallopian tube, and I was able to shrink it down. So now I'm staring at her in her face. I'm like, I told you something was wrong with me. I told you this for years, and you didn't believe me. She said, well, that was the good news. I said, damn, that's good news? <laughs> so she was like, the bad news is have endometriosis. I was like, endometri, what is, what is that? I don't, what is endometri, what is that? She was like, um, it's scar tissue in your body. So I'm not going to say I lost my gangster. I'm going to say I thought I was dying, right? So I started crying. I was like, oh, my God, let me do my will. Give me a piece of paper right now. I'm dying. I think how much time I got, Doc? 48 hours? Oh, my God. I got 40. So she was staring at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was I'm a 48 hours to live. Oh my god. She's like, no, she's like, you don't have 48 hours to live. We um she was like, but um, you know, it's something that we need to treat. I said, so let me ask you a question. I said, for five years I've been coming here giving you the symptoms, right? Heavy bleeding, pain when I'm not in my period, uh, when I don't have my period. Um, I can't get out of the bed, physical debilitating pain. Were these not signs to you as a doctor that I could possibly have endometriosis, being that you're telling me that these are all the symptoms? So she didn't ever really answer me. And I was like, whatever, what's the next step? Because now I'm pissed off. So we could put you on something called Lupron. Lupron is something they give to people that have to put their body into menopause. So I was like, okay, I'll take the Lupron because I just needed to be out of this pain. Lupron is given intravenous. It's a, a shot. It lasts three months. It puts your body into menopause. So here I am, 28 years old, and she's putting my body into menopause. I don't know if you know anybody that went through menopause, your mom, grandmother, whatever. But all you are when you're going through menopause is hot as hell. <laughs> Cranky. You're hot as hell. You're always hot. You're having hot flashes. Um, the only good thing about that is that I never turn my heat on. Imagine my, I didn't turn my heat on all that winter. It was too hot in my house. My heating bill at PSNG was zero for that whole, I never turned my heat on. I just, I so hot. Some, somebody, somebody in the chat asked a question, um, further statement. And I know Kay, when she uh, rewatches the show and she sees it, um, they said you didn't sue. Uh, just, just tell somebody your educational background real quick. Yeah. So I am Esquire, Brown Esquire. <laughs> Um, you really can't sue because number one, you got to think about it, right? I, she, I didn't have to keep going back to her. I did because I thought she had my best interest at her. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on, she a black woman. I'm a black woman. So fast forward on, she puts me on this blue prime. All of a sudden, the first three months, I felt okay. You got to get a shot every three months. I'm like, eh, I gained a couple of pounds. I don't know Lupron is a steroid, guys. I, the second month, I mean, the second shot, I gained 60 pounds. 
Hello. Women always are like, yo, we got to lose 20 pounds, right? Every woman, you know, like, I just got to drop a quick 20. I was already 20. I gained six. I said, what the? F I was like, yo, this one Beyonce was doing a lemonade diet. I was like, I'm doing a lemonade diet. I went to the gym. I was dedicated. I got to the, went to the gym 5 a.m. every morning. And when I got off of work, I went to the gym for two hours a day in the morning, two at night. She was like, you can go to the gym all you want. A steroid is going to blow your body up. Or they, or they, or they always tell you, or they always tell you, oh, you're taking the steroid, the weight gain is minimum. Yeah, that's okay. that's one of the things they say. Oh, you're taking the steroid, the weight gain is minimum. It's not that well, bad. I gained 60 pounds. And also something that's Lupron is uh, makes your bones brittle. So I had to start on a vitamin D regimen. Um, my bones was brittle. I was working at Verizon. They, I had to sit with the old, they called the old ladies club because it was always hot by them. They all had fan, all the lady in menopause, they had fans. I had to go sit with the old lady. I was like, yo, what? They was like, gotta go sit over there. Thank you, Because I was like, this work, but I didn't have any pain. But I was like taking pictures, like, don't take a picture of me. I'm big as hell. I gained 60 pounds. I, I you know, I was like, yeah, no. So she was like, once you stop taking it, you'll drop the weight. So when I got to my year, I cannot take Lupron more than a year. It's so detrimental to the body. It does so many things to the body. So I had to stop taking it, and I stopped in August. By October, I went back. I had dropped 30 pounds. I just dropped 25 more. So I'm five pounds away from being where I was when I first started Lupron, and um, and then I still need to lose that other 20. <laughs> so so we, we, we close to our time because we're on a time limit. Just just tell us why you chose to stop being an advocate. I mean, I'm quite sure everybody enjoyed, you know, I got my yellow sweater, got my yellow T-shirt, you know. So enjoy that. And I know, you know, um, I'm off tomorrow, Q -Doggy, Dog, Q Doggy Dog. I got a few extra minutes. So um, I had to take off tomorrow. I knew I was going out. I just really needed to... Um, like every anybody that has anything in my house, you better come get it because it's going in the trash. Like people leave shit. Um, I don't, right, I have no in this townhouse, and I only have an attic. I don't go up in the attic. The attic is super clean, but it's just in my massage room. Right, for those that don't know, I'm a massage therapist, not a masseuse. Let's be very clear, um, massage therapist. And so I don't feel like pulling. Like I don't feel like going up in the attic all the time. And so people have stuff in my living room, and it's driving me insane. So I was like, you know what? I'm taking off tomorrow to clean my house, top to bottom. And whoever has stuff here and they don't come get it, it's going in the dumpster. I'm sorry. They got shoes here. Yeah, they had, they, had, they had me on prednisone for my asthma one time and a couple times. And I know about the, uh, oh, the weight gain is uh, minimum. Yeah, okay. Keep oh, thinking that. Telling me that. Like, no, prednisone. <laughs> up. Like, a, like, yeah, no. Like, it's serious. It's like real. And you cannot get the weight off. Are you still on it? No. Yeah, you no. can't get that weight off. Like, it's like it's a steroid. So it blows you up. So fast forward on, guys, right? So I took the I took the Lupron for a year, and then um, I was like, now what? What's next? And so um, my sister was like, I need to go to another doctor. So I went to this little um, I shouldn't say little, but he's kind of short. Little uh, this 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 doctor, shout out to Michael Dresner. I'm not gonna say a black lady's name. I'm not gonna give her any shine, but um, she's in Maplewood, um, on Springfield Avenue by Dunkin' Donuts. Anyway, <laughs> um, Dr. Michael Dresner, South Orange, um, on Valley Street. And I went there, and after he did my first exam, we went to his office, 
and he had a book on his desk, a flip chart. He said, this is endometriosis. This is um, adenomosis. This is chocolate cyst, which is like when your cyst, cyst ruptures and the blood turns brown because, you know, your blood turns red when the oxygen hits it. Inside your body, it's no oxygen hitting it. So he, I was like, I like cried. Like, this white man cares more about me than this black woman did. I don't understand it. I didn't understand it. But anyway, he um, was like, well, do you want to have children? I was like, I want to, whatever. At this time, I was older. And he was like, um, he's like, well, you're getting older. You know, what are you waiting for? He's like, I'm going to perform a surgery on you. And he does the endometriosis removal. So he goes in and he burns off all the endometriosis that he sees. Kind of gives you a relief for like a year, a year and a half, two years. And you need to get the surgery every three years. So I was like, um, at the time, I wasn't dating anyone. And I was like, um, well, I'm not dating anyone, Doc. Um, don't you have four boys? He was like, yeah. I was like, you want to, um, you want to racial you want to racial daughter have a good day miss brown i was like I'm he didn't he didn't know you was dead serious dead serious i was like you was he's a doctor shit i know i was gonna get uh thousand <laughs> i was like you want racial daughter so he was like all right miss brown i was like, so anyway after the surgery i did end up getting pregnant with my son r.i.p to him um baby s and what happened was I had a car accident prior to that. Somebody hit me on a parkway. My back was always hurting. Um, I was going to the doctor, and I'm telling you this for everybody, this for a reason. I was going to the doctor, and I was um, I was getting these back shots and all this. And my back was killing me, so I was on back. I was on pain medication, and that's the only thing that helped me to to like survive. When you get pregnant, you can't take that stuff. My back was killing me, and my son's father was like, I was laying in the middle of the floor, like crying. He was like, how you going to go through a whole pregnancy like that? I was like, I don't know. Like, I got to figure it out. So I went to my doctor and he was like, listen, people with, that's pregnant can take Percocet and stuff. You don't want them kind of kids. They come out. You don't want them, right? They jumping all over the walls. Like, you don't want them. So I'm like fighting my pain. Come to find out, if you have pain, guys, and your lower right back, like underneath, like your lat, like down there, get your gallbladder checked. All that time, it was my gallbladder. So my the pain and the pressure, the pain that a gallbladder will put on your body stopped my son's heart. So he passed away. So RIP to baby S or whatever. Um, and, and I left it at that. I wasn't really trying to get pregnant again. Um, you know, I met somebody new and he was like, you know, if you want to have a baby, you can try. I use this app. Um, the first time that we tried, I got pregnant. Everything was great. And um, you was at my gender reveal. I had a nice, beautiful gender reveal. It was a non-social media event. You don't need everything on social media. The closest people in your life can see whatever. I was having a daughter. I was excited. Three days before they were going to take her because my, my, um, my, uh, um, fallop, I mean, not my, fallop, my, my, um, what's attached to the baby? The umbilical cord um, wasn't pumping blood properly. It was like clots in there. And endometriosis causes a lot of blood clots. So I feel like if I didn't have endometriosis, my daughter would have survived. So that's how I, I stopped being an endometriosis. Everybody has a breaking point. Everybody has a breaking point. And that was mine, right? I um I know it's people that don't like me. So they might have cheered, you know, been happy when my daughter died. Um, And that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't argue with people over stuff, quitting I'm too old or whatever. And people that felt bad for me. 
and um, people that, you know, this is something that a lot of people do. I hope that you are listening. Don't do this if you are my friend. I know you got a circle of friends, but if you need something, it doesn't matter if I have a circle of friends. If you're my friend, you're my friend. Don't worry about my circle of friends. Don't worry about what they do. If you want to do something for me, you can. And I went into a shell. I wouldn't talk to anybody and I wouldn't answer any calls. Um, you know, I can't explain. We can talk about that. Um, and I believe October is um, is uh, National Child Death Awareness Month. We can talk about that then. We don't have to talk about that now. But it's nothing like holding your child in the hospital and not being able to take your child home. So I saw that to say that broke me. So I, I was like, I endometriosis can go to hell. I feel like um, my blood would have, because uh, endometriosis causes a lot of clotting in your blood. I feel that if I didn't have endometriosis, it wouldn't have clotted in my blood. Um, the blood would have got to my daughter. Um, her little heart was pump was working too hard because the clots were like blogging, clogging up and all of that. So I don't, I'm no longer endometriosis awareness. Um, I mean, an endometriosis advocate. If you need to talk about endometriosis, I have a friend whose daughter was in pain. She, she called me the doctor. She had me on a three way with in the doctor and I'm telling the doctor we'll have to check her for, um, cause I'm an advocate for getting these young girls checked, right? I don't want anybody to wait till they're older go to school, live your life, and then try to have a child and end up being in the situation that I was in, right? I want you to, if you need to try younger, try younger. Make up your decision how you want to live your life, and we'll go from there. You know what I mean? But I always share that information with people. So. Yes, I, I find it to be a, an, um, for most people, <clears throat> we always say, oh, your story is amazing, this, amazing, that. I think your story speaks volumes to how we all, um, we don't really know our hereditary traits that that's passed down from generation to generation. With my asthma, I happen to know that um, my mother and my grandmother, my father's mother, had asthma as well. So I always kind of knew certain things not to eat. And even before uh, technology has gotten the way it's gotten with treating people with asthma, I go back to some of the craziest medication with dealing with that. And it's, it's amazing how... All it would have took is that you know the the, the uh, we always talk about the dynamics of family and relationships and all it would have took was that one aunt out of your big family because KK has a big family on both sides. If yeah, one aunt on both sides, they didn't have um, only my grandma, my great grandmother had kids. She had four sisters that were married. They none of them ever had children. So that's why we ended up being so spoiled. A lot of people look at us like, how was y'all left houses and things? Because they never had children. So they left stuff to their nieces and nephews. That's why we were ended up having so many houses in our family because they never had children. And back then, they didn't know, like in the 40s and 30s, they didn't know what endometriosis was. You know what I mean? Like they just always, we believed in a higher power and God just, they just said, God just never blessed them with children. You know what I mean? So, and you know, those are the things that we dealt with. And then my aunts and stuff all had babies at 19, 20 and they had hysterectomy. And a lot of them only have one child, you know what I mean? Because they, they, they chose to get hysterectomies. But it was like, if me and some of my cousins that don't have children would have known, we might have moved a little different, you know what I mean? So that's why I make it my mission to talk about it. But my daughter passing away broke me to the fact where I just do not want to be a warrior for endometriosis anymore. It has won. I'm not saying that I'm giving up any battles, but I'm just saying, like, I just, 
that's it. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm over it. I'm done with it. Like I'm it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I, people know I have it. People know that um I, I'll talk about it. People call me all the time. Okay, I got this, 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 and this. What do you think it is? I'm like, um, my doctor, shout out to Dr. Guy Francis. If you're looking for a good African American doctor, he's like Nicklewood. Um, he always calls me Dr. Google because but I had diagnosed I'm not guy, give me my props. I diagnosed four people who came here after I like really researched their um their problems. And even before Google, I had a medical my aunt had bought me a medical um dictionary and I would read it and I would find out what people had and try to like, you know, find their problems. And I even diagnosed my that I need surgery on my finger. My appointment is 1230 to have my surgery done. And I kept telling um guy, like, something is wrong with my finger. And he was like, it's arthritis, which I do have a touch of arthritis. Only, but I was like, in one finger? And come to find out, I have something called a glomus tumor. Um, And, and you know, you get, like, emotional when it says, like, only 2% of the world gets it. Like, why do I have this? You know what I'm saying? I already got something detrimental. Why do I have this? And so it's very painful in my finger. Um, it really happens when the temperature changes, when it goes from like real, like, like, like today, how it was nice and it was warm when it got cold, my fingers started jumping. Right. And it's been like almost two years of misdiagnosed. So it's like, I believe that it's grown. Better. I met one girl that had it. We discussed it. We talked about it. They remove your nail. And as soon as they remove the tumor from under your finger, you feel better. It's the trigger for you. No, it's not. <laughs> I pick up my I pick up Black Betty Part Two. Uh, Woodlawn, shout out to Woodlawn Park. So I pick up Black Betty. We can talk about. Yeah, yeah, that that that'll definitely be a good um a good a good, talk, a good show. Yeah, because uh, it's funny how when you when you move to certain areas, you might be you could be anti-gun in one area and be like super pro-gun in a certain area. Exactly, and in certain, <laughs> no, I know you don't just go. Like when I go to Ohio, I go with my family with a flea market. My uncle buy like six guns at once. I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? But you can't, you can't do that here. So New Jersey is just money hungry, money hungry state. But to close it out about my endo, um, again, no longer a warrior. I leave it to those other women. I want to say I knew, like I said, I knew one person whose death certificate does say endometriosis. And a closing story, right? Story time. The closing story is this. Um, maybe five, six, seven years ago, um, we had a friend that graduated with, with us from Union High, um, rest in peace, Nicole. And in the paper, it says Nicole died from endometriosis. Keisha Ray, which is one of your admins. Um, if you guys don't know, that's my best friend. And, um, she called me like in hysterics because, I was just diagnosed and we really thought I was going to die. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be 30 and I'm going to die young. And I'm one of those people that it's not really like a live fast, die young, but I'm like, if I die tomorrow, I try to treat people good. You know what I'm saying? I try to people treat people the way that I want to treat them. And I hope that even though I don't have children that my legacy will precede me, that people will say, well, Kay did good. Kay, Kay fed the homeless and, and Kay, um, you know, now my organization is named after my daughter, Love Layla LLC. Basically, it's it's um, 
it's a nonprofit and um, it's been in the works. Um, I actually just uh, have an appointment tomorrow to get my business account started, but I want to be able to give back because I do it out of my pocket anyway, right? When Layla died, my mom started to go fund me for me. People gave me money. Thank you for all of those they gave. And I used that money because I was still getting checks. So I didn't need the money. Um, we can all use money, but I didn't use that money for anything in vain. I decided that I were I was going to do something for chil motherless children and children without mothers. So to give you an example, I'm not bragging on what I did. I'm just saying I know another young lady who had twins and they died. I did something for her out of my pocket, right? I was able to, I said, you need to go have a spa day. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I did that. Another young boy that I had met, his mother had committed suicide a week before school. And he wanted um, these sneakers and he needed his binders, you know, all, you know, the list they sent. I bought all of that from the money that was donated to me and my GoFundMe when my daughter died. So I was like, I want to do this, right? I want to make this a nonprofit organization. I want to be able to help motherless children and children without mothers. Now, I was getting a request from people, oh, um, her son's 26. I was staring at my Facebook like, I'm looking for right? <laughs> 26? Like, come on now. But I ain't gonna say no names. But I was like, I was like, are you for real? Like, cause I was doing stuff with the kids for Christmas. Like, you know, it, nothing can replace your mother. I can't replace their mom, but um, I can try my best to do something for them that they need, right? And we all know nobody wants the the the, the uh the, what we call them bowat ski watten totten sneakers. Everybody wanted the name brand sneakers. So the little boy wanted these Nikes, and I bought them. I did not post it on social media because that's not a social media thing. Everything you guys do for social media, everything you do for the, um, the greater good doesn't have to go on social media. One time you'll see me posting about feeding the homeless and again, my daughter died. I lost all my desires to do anything. I have not fed the homeless in like two years. And people are like, oh, we got to get back to it. And I'm like, you know, y'all, how about you get to it? You take over and I can help you. Oh, no, 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 no. See, everybody wants to fall on me. They don't understand my mental capacity. I still live every day missing my child. You understand what I'm saying? I live every day knowing that my daughter was three days away from being removed and she passed away. So I people don't understand that. It's a difference between having a miscarriage and having a stillborn. It, it really is. Because a miscarriage, you go to sleep. A stillborn, you have to deliver that baby as if you're taking that baby home. And they let you spend 48 hours with the baby. I don't know why. I think that's like... It's too much mental torture. I spent five minutes with her. I told her she was loved. Her dad said she was loved, and that was it. And I told them they could take her. Um, and now I'm responsible for a funeral for a baby. She didn't have any life insurance. You know what I mean? So shout out to um, Tears Foundation in New Jersey um, who paid for her services or whatever. And um, out of the almost like $1,000, I only had to pay $40, which me and her dad could have paid for it. But to be able to get the help. So um, at my job, I won a competition for something and it went to my favorite charity. And I was here's a thousand dollar um, donation from. Great. With that, uh, we're going to close out for another episode of K's Corner. And um, I, 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 didn't, I, just be I, I didn't think we were going to make the whole show without joking too much. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. We can have that one. I hate when people feel sorry for me. That shit. <laughs>
I'm so sorry. People still be like, I'm so sorry. I want to just give you a hug. I'd be like, yo, chill out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fun, lighthearted. Like, let me do all of that in my own time. Like, when I hang up, let me cry by myself. But when you see me out, let's let's live life. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so, so let me ask you. This is an extra question. I seen you did another June bug challenge. <laughs> what the? I know y'all have a good night. Um, yeah, y'all have a good night. Y'all something right now. Alcohol is from the devil's brew. <laughs> I drink this rum punch. I don't know. And me and Londa, shout out to Londa. If y'all don't know Hood, Hood is one of Q's best friends. And Hood is my best friend. And his wife, Londa, is my sister. And Londa did a 30 outfit change. I took a whole photo shoot. We didn't go nowhere. We just took photo shoots. And we were in the elevator. And to make y'all laugh, I just was like, wait till the elevator doors close in this film. And then the elevator was like, going down. I was like, no, 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 no. I was trying to get out the elevator. I didn't have no mask on. People got on the elevator. I was like this in the elevator. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm just trying to get back to my floor. She was still standing there filming. Like, she still had the camera on. So when I came out, I was like, this did the June Bug Challenge. Welcome to the camera. And I was laughing. But thank you so much to Let's Talk To and AKU Quentin for my prize. Um, it was spent very well in Atlantic City this weekend. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, she she won the June Bug Challenge. And, I'm, you know, if I don't think. Challenge me, we can do it. I don't know. Look. You should do a side by side with Junebug. Junebug's is all right. The original Junebug's, this is good. Yeah, Junebug's still young, so he still got all like I, I, I don't have all that. I could just. <laughs> with that, we gonna close the show. Hopefully, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining in. Appreciate you guys and everybody. Have a blessed night. Bye, guys. I don't know what happened. Bye, guys.